Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hi everybody, this is Anne Roger. I'm calling this one Leave It All Behind. I've noticed as I've been talking to people during lockdown, people are reminiscing an awful lot. Maybe it's just having time to think, thinking back to the old days, remembering wet camping holidays when the kids were little, or looking back to their own childhood. Putting old photos on Facebook, I even caught myself reminiscing about the power cuts in the 70s. What a great time we had. For those that aren't nearly as old as me, there was an economic crisis which resulted in electricity supplies being cut. I think it was down to just three days a week. What was a terrible blow to the economy it was immense fun to me as a kid. To have all the family huddled round a single battery-operated transistor radio, listening by candlelight as I ruined my teeth with sticky blackjacks and penny chews. I thought it was absolute heaven. I wonder if some of us will look back to lockdown in the same way. Anyway, reminiscing about happy memories is lovely. But what happens when we end up living in the past? Not just chuckling over happy memories, but living day by day in the pain of days long since gone by. So many of us do this, even though we look fine on the surface. When we get alone with ourselves, we just keep getting drawn back. Reliving that painful comment from a friend, a spouse, a boss, a parent. Reliving one specific incident or a whole traumatic period of our lives. People glibly say, just forget about it, move on, it's not worth it. And really we agree. But it's like a spider's web that draws you back. Every time your mind is at rest, you find yourself going over and over the same old things. It's become a habit, an addiction, daily peeling the scab from a barely healed wound. And it's very painful. So what's the answer? Well, before we come to an answer, let's look at a question. Why are some things so painful when other things, major and minor, are like water off a duck's back, quickly forgotten, we can maybe recall it happening, but there's no lasting pain in it. Looking at my own experience, some things I find quite easy to forgive and let go. They might annoy me or upset me for a short while, but once my attention is captured by something else, it drifts away and I don't give it another thought. But other things really stick. Why? I wonder if it's that if some action or comment attacks my sense of identity, who I really am, that cuts really deep. The offence is magnified. It strikes the very core of my being where I'm most vulnerable. And most of us, if we're honest, aren't all that secure in who we really are. We might look confident. We might even come across totally brash and arrogant. But deep down we're not as confident and secure as we look. Things that crush our identity seem to be among the hardest to forget. And, of course, some offences are huge, unimaginably so. Some of us have been attacked to the very depths of who we are by family breakdown, by violence, by abuse, and I don't even stray into such deep areas of wounding. But I think to some extent the same is true, that the depth of the pain is at least in part 
because it so attacks the identity, who we were made to be, and our freedom to be that unique person. That that's where the real wound is, and that's why it cuts so deep. So how how do we put that right? How can we restore an identity that's been so cruelly wounded? If my identity is all mashed up by life, by others, and let's face it, a lot of the time by my own mistakes and decisions, how can it ever be restored? Well, there's an amazing passage in the Bible. It was written by one of the prophets, Isaiah, around 700 BC. God reveals to him ahead of time the nature and identity of the coming Messiah. He says that when the Saviour comes, he will bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. He'll comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, provide a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Wow, even though I've read those words many times over the years, it still makes me want to cry. The healing and restoration of every broken heart. The binding of every wound. Oh, the mercy and compassion of God who sees our great need. When Jesus did finally arrive 700 years later, this was the first passage that he read out in public. He declared, this scripture is now fulfilled in your hearing. He told us that he was bringing restoration, that he would heal the wounds. He said he would brighten up our broken hearts, that he would comfort all our mourning and that he'd bring us brightness and joy in place of darkness and despair. The truth is that God is the only one who can put you back together where your identity has been wounded, abused and stolen. Be honest. You won't ever find the solution to your pain by going over the past. You've tried that maybe for years. And you won't find your true identity in anger and bitterness. It just eats away at your very marrow. It steals your life and leaves you hopeless, depressed and dried up. So why not reach out for the restoration that Jesus offers? Where do we begin? Well, we begin with forgiveness. And I'm sorry if that sounds a bit pious, but bear with me. The Christian perspective is that we enter into real life as we let go. As we let go of trying to sort it all out for ourselves. As we ask God to forgive us and as we learn to forgive the people who've hurt us. As you begin to let go, you may realise that the person who hurt you didn't mean any harm. It's just that they are also a wounded human being, the same as you. They weren't perfect. Perhaps they were just doing the best they could at the present time. As you get a new perspective, it might be easy to forgive. But what if there was real harm? If you forgive, doesn't that mean that they get off scot-free? No, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you brush it under the carpet and pretend that it wasn't so bad. It doesn't mean that the person won't be called to account for what they've done. It just means that you decide to trust God and let him deal with it. 
He knows them. He knows how to deal with their wounding and their issues of identity. And he knows real evil when he sees it. And he has the power to deal with it accordingly. So let him. As you look at your past, at your less than happy past, feel free to rage and cry, express your pent up anger, stamp your feet, punch the pillow, maybe speak to a trusted friend or counsellor or minister. But do this not to relive it over and over as if this has become your identity and your reason for being, as if this defines who you are. Do it so as to leave it behind. There's a place in the Bible where it says, weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The past is gone. Let the healer come in and do what only he can do. Restore you to your true identity. There's a picture in my mind that sums all this up. When Jesus rose from the dead, in a burst of the most amazing power, he stood up and walked out into the morning light. And he left his grave clothes neatly folded in the tomb. He simply walked away and left the things that belonged to the past, to his suffering and death. He left them behind. He left them in the place of the dead. So join me. There are things in my past that I just have to choose to leave behind. I can't change them. I've examined them carefully from every angle. I've learned what I can. But now I choose to fold them up and leave them in the tomb so that I can walk out with Jesus into a life more abundant than anything I've ever known before. Father God, I pray that you'd bring us into this place of freedom and fullness of life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just a thought as I'm finishing, if you'd like to speak to anybody in confidence, feel free to make contact through the website. And if you're perhaps intrigued by the references to the Bible as you listen to these Beacons talks, it's still, after all, the best-selling book of all time worldwide. But maybe you don't have a copy in a modern, easy-to-read language. Again, just let us know and we'll do all we can to make sure that you get a copy or help you to download a Bible app on your computer. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.